Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtun Millwall. London calling, London calling, are you listening out there? Is anyone out there? There's not many people in the den today, listeners. Cold, grey, damp, floodlights are on, listeners. If there's any more than two or three thousand in the den at the moment, this is what five minutes before kickoff. I'd be more surprised than a contract renewal for Josh Wright. Boom, boom. I'm available for bar mitzvahs, weddings, and possibly even funerals. So here we go, entry the two teams. Any moment now. Be right with you. There we go. Let them come, let them come. So we will line up today. David Ford in goal. Defence is Alan Dunn, Danny Shitsu, Sid Nelson. Good to see. Matthew Briggs, possibly less good to see. In front of them, we've got Abdu, uh, Jimmy Abdu, uh, Monopoly King, Richard Ab- uh, Chaplow. Then the front three of Upson, Martin, Scott McDonald, with Ricardo Fuller leading the line up front as a sole striker. On the bench, we've got uh, Tom King, is it? Tony King? Sam King? I don't know. King. Uh, Jack Powell. Angel Martinez. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Is McGay Gray, Martin Mulford, Aidan O'Brien, and Jermaine Easter. Two heroes of the 1988 promotion winning side were introduced to the crowd before the game here. Jimmy Carter, a fabulous winger, of course, from those old days. And the fantastic striker, Tony Cascarino. And couldn't we use him out there today, listeners? Even now, even with his sleek, dark hair that he still maintains somehow. Miraculously, he maintains. Just a hint of orange about it. Even now, he could do a job for us up front, I feel. Anyway, two teams are ready to go. They'll just come out their huddle. So I'm going to put on my stopwatch so that I know what the time is. I must, must know the time, listeners. I just have to. I'm not obsessive, but I just have to. And we'll be ready to go any moment. Pink balls, too. Matron. Away we go. Bradford kick us off. We're in white and um, like a, a maroon colour they wear, isn't it? Attacking the Colblow lane ends. 
Millwall in their familiar dark blue. Bradford are coming to the game today on the back of a seven wins and two draw run from their last nine. Not bad. Compare and contrast that with our, um, our run of three straight defeats. For the benefit of younger listeners, there's a bald man running around in the Millwall shirt. That's Richard Chaplow. Midfielder, apparently. Quite a, quite a, um, quite a king on the Monopoly board, I hear. He always wears the, um, there isn't, he wears the hat, doesn't he, the top hat. Well, if anyone wants to know what League One relegation to League One might look like, listeners, have a look around the den today. It's really is spectators dotted here and there. Always a shot early on, overhead shot. Just on the edge of the six-yard box by the Bradford strike. There's only way over the bar, three minutes. But no, it's a scant crowd, it's got to be said. I know that there's problems on the M11. I know it's a bleeding horrible day. And uh, I, I dare say watching Elvis in uh, Viva Las Vegas was quite a pull for quite a few of us. But there's not many down here, that's for sure. Referees let a couple of early challenges go. On uh, Ed Ups just got clattered there. It's Bradford on the break. At 20, just outside the mill penalty area. 16 now, but it's one back by Richard Chaplow. 25, won some space just inside the penalty area. Some five minutes. Shot uh, deflected off for a corner there, but he, he, he kind of turned Briggs quite easily. A worrying early signer. Early corner for Bradford in, five minutes gone. And comes that corner. Deep towards their big central defender. There's a shot on goal. It's a goal early. 1 0 Bradford. Jesus. Headed down from, the, I presume, the central defender. Big bloke at the far kind of post. It fell to the strike. It banged it home from close range from corner. 1 0. Oh dear. Well, speaking to the official site, uh, our erstwhile manager, Ian Holloway, or Hollowhead, he's now developed a wonderful new nickname on the House of Fun, Ian Hollowhead, says that the FA Cup's a fantastic competition and one that can either help you gain some confidence or damage it still further, which is what's happening at the moment, Ian. Our approach to the game will dictate which way it goes for ourselves. I'm going to read that again. Our approach to the game will dictate which way it goes for ourselves. I'm not sure that makes any sense at all. The man is seriously raving mad and we're a goal down coming up for the 7th minute of the game no place in today's team for new signing Paris, Cowan, Hall signed in a week from Wickham Wanderers it's cup tied here comes Millwall long ball away wide ball trying to find Martin from McDonald's getting some stick for that choice because it was intercepted by the, Black, Black, uh, by the Bradford defence so many bleeding teams are playing beginning with B at the moment listeners Blackpool, Blackburn Bradford, too much. Here they go again, another free kick just inside the middle half. Eighth minute again. We've been pretty much under the cosh since it started. I know these are a decent league one outfit, but Jesus, this is worrying stuff. Punted in, straight. Two players, it's all oh, straight through to David Ford. Two Blackpool, Bradford strikers on the on the ball there. They neither could get a touch on it, went straight through to David Ford. But no danger, but if they've got anything on it, that would have been 2-0. Also out of injury today, Mark Beavers with his ankle, Lee Gregory with his back, and Scott Malone with his hip, although actually he's signing for Cardiff City, probably. Uh, there was a, a, a tweet I saw earlier on the Lions Live radio saying it was seen here today, which um, I don't know if that was mucking about or whether that was real. But anyway, he seems to be Cardiff-bound. Little free kick, Lee Martin's going to take. Just inside, about halfway inside the Bradford half, 11th minute of the game. Could use an equaliser here, ladies and gentlemen, because we've not really looked close to anything as yet. Pumps into all shit to it, falls to Adu, what can he do? Shoots on goal wide. Sorry, not Adu, Ricardo Fuller. I did him a disservice there. He should have got a shot on target. Jimmy Adu, I would have forgiven. Well, it's got to be said, if the cup is a, uh, a home ground for underdogs and plucky lower league size, and Mill are doing very well to stay in this game so far. Only a goal down and a quarter of an hour gone. By no means being overwhelmed by this Bradford side. Here comes Scott McDonald. Attacks down the left. He's fouled, surely. He is fouled. It's going to be a free kick. 15 minutes gone. Just going to be Lee Martin to take. He floats across in, he's aiming towards Danny Schitter, gets a header on goal, goalkeeper punches away, slammed home by Fuller, but no goal. Offside. Nicely put away, but no goal. Still remains 1-0, Bradford City. 16 minutes, Bradford seemingly winning the midfield battle at the moment. They look quicker and sharper than we do, playing the ball around better than we do. Well, this wasn't in the script, was it, when Leon Holloway took over? 
Well, it's more the reliance on a long, hopeful ball out of defence. That's from Alan Dunn on the 18th minute. But our long ball game, aiming at uh, Ricardo Fuller or sometimes just into space, is not working. We shouldn't have abandoned all pretext at uh, passing football listeners. And that was, that was what uh, Holloway came here to create, I thought. But as it is, we've got a passing formation in a direct style. Bit of a pause in the excitement of the crowd, as you can hear, ladies and gentlemen. The reason for that is that we were playing pretty crap at the moment. Gives a chance to consider the strange story of Euroferries Express, whose name is plastered across the docker stand on the far side from where I'm looking, and on the front page of our matchday programme. Euroferries Express, apparently are a company who may, or indeed do not seem to actually exist. They, their registered offices are in a restaurant above, um, you know, flat above a shop of a restaurant in West Wickham. Um, one thing they do that quite seriously for a company called Euroferries is a ferry. They don't seem to be uh, supplying any kind of service, no other coaches, no ferries. And more um, to the point, they don't seem to have actually pass with any money, allegedly. So the club, in return for its sponsorship, the club tight-lipped on this, and there's all sorts of internet rumours, which I'll let you take a look at at your own leisure, but it does seem to be one of the strangest stories in Mill history, on a par perhaps with uh, Tavern Leisure all those years ago. That was more club money being invested into a, a pit of... a bottomless pit, whereas this that just seems to be a, a made-up company. All sorts of dark allegations flying around on the internet, which we won't repeat here. So I can't afford the libel lawyers. But... Um, you know, terms like due diligence, how much checking, and, and people can check quite easily and quickly on the internet, you know, the, the uh, extent to which a company actually does exist. Loads of stories about Euroferries letting people down in the past. But we seem to have gone for their sponsorship this season, but not actually received any money. So, all in all, the most strange story. One of the strangest side chapters of Mill history, of which there are many. Halfway through the half now, Bradford on the attack, another cross coming in, Ford. Can't take it, falls loose, rolls clear to Abdu. Full came with one handed, tried to take the ball and dropped it basically. Could have been 2 0 easily, as it is, Mill will break out, but that's going to go nowhere. 22 minutes is a fairly poor performance, got to be said, against League One opposition. Poor show so far by Millwall. As we keep seeing week upon week upon fucking week. Bradford free kick, long punted into the middle box. They must have identified out. Oh, there's another shot on goal from close by the striker. That's just over the bar. 23rd minute. Number of chances falling to Bradford at the moment means we should have been at least two down, I would suggest. Possibly three. As it is, we're one down. And they're looking by far the more dangerous and incisive side at the moment. Coming up 30 minutes. Very, very flat atmosphere there, listeners. As you can hear behind me. Um, you can hear the odd shout from the crowd, players calling out to each other. Long ball into the box seven. Bradford again, that's bobbled around and still bobbling around. One back by Bradford. They don't look a bad side going forward, it's got to be said. It's Fuller. Pushed over, it's got to be a free kick. Come for 31 minutes. We want a free kick just on the left side outside the penalty area. About 25 yards out, I guess. Here we go, first sight of the world-famous vanishing spray. Listen to the excitement this vanishing spray is generating. It's a mill free kick. The crowd love it! A shaving phone, basically. Seems to be a big hit down here, though. Here comes a free kick. Little kind of semicircle around the pink ball. It's going to be an head up some shot. No, it's fucked about with it. It's going to be an Alan Dunn shot that's blocked. Briggs is not doing badly today, listeners. Made a couple of forward runs there, a couple of tackles. I know he gets slated by a lot around the club, but I don't think he's that bad a player. He's a confidence player, and it's clearly been shattered. But so far today, I don't think he's doing too bad. He's Jenny Shitu on a run there, another wingers type run. Seems to fancy himself going down that right wing these days. It's Scott McDonald battling with the, the uh, Bradford defence here. Wins the ball nicely. Matthew Briggs. Oh man wide left, Martin's left, he plays it wide, here's Martin, cuts back, what can he do, crosses, nobody in there, Chaplow, back left on the side, back to Martin, a little bit of real pressure now, it's a cross, into Walsh, McDonald's a goal, McDonald nice glance, he had it at the near post, it rolled in the far post, one, one all, 35 minutes gone, really nice move there, that is better to see, this is better to see.
Blimey, that's a relief. At least we can still score goals. 67,500 pounds in today's result for the club. If we uh, get through, it's prize money, this is. Let's get through the third round, generate 67,500 pounds. If you can get through into the fourth round, into the fifth round, there's another 90,000 at stake to get through the fourth. So that's what, 150,000, pounds nearly, which should buy us a new scoreboard. So it's well worth us trying to make efforts to win this today, ladies and gentlemen. Because at the moment, all we're looking at is a set of scaffold and a, and a, and a noose over there. Top prize money to win the cup is 1.8 million. But certainly any kind of run in the cup generates a nice few quid. So it is worth these teams like Millwall who don't exactly have fortunes to play with to try and make efforts. Here comes Fuller into the box. Wins a little bit of space. He plays it back to Martin. Can't get a full shot on goal. Just a little bit away. Here comes Shitu. Blast one from distance. Daisy Cutters, we used to call him a score along the ground. That wide by about two or three yards. Going up for 39 minutes. Mill looking a bit brighter in his last few minutes since the goal. Funny as the half's gone on, Mills looked brighter and stronger, and Bradford started well and increasingly looked like the League One side that they are as it's gone along. Let's hope that uh, that, that that pattern maintains itself into the second half, which is just a few minutes away now. There's the 20 just inside the Mill penalty area. It's not conceded a sloppy goal. He puts a nice little cross in. It's flapping around. It falls to the 11. Beautiful point blank saved by David Falls with a volley from the 11 on the just kind of to a couple of yards left of the penalty spot there. 40 second minute. I just was saying that the, a goal here would be sloppy. Uh, we very nearly conceded that. It was a fantastic save by David Ford. Ball in towards. Upset it falls to McDonald. What can he do? He can't control it. That should have been a... Oh, he's offside. Given offside, is it? Yeah, it must be. Should have got a shot on goal there, but didn't. Long free kick from Sid Nelson. Just coming up the last few seconds of the first half. Ball bouncing around in the Bradford penalty here. It falls to Upson. Can he get a shot away? He can't. Battling still loses it. I think that's going to be the half for shortly. There it is. Half time, one each. Millwall probably on the back foot early part of the first half. Bradford looked very much the brighter of the two sides to start off. He went that goal up early doors. But Millwall gradually, bit by bit, forced themselves back into contention. A couple of flaky moments towards the end of the half when uh, Bradford again were forced to go long, get the ball forwards. But one all, and that's better than what it has been for some time. And um, we'll be back after these messages for the second half of this. I don't know if it's an enthralling game, but it's certainly an important game. Broadsword calling Danny Boy. Broadsword calling Danny Boy. Come in, Danny Boy. Make your way immediately to Zampa Road. Stop. Buy a copy of Coldblow Lane magazine. Stop. It's just two quid, and it's the best Millwall fanzine around. Stop. Better still, all profits go to charity. Stop. Broadsword calling Danny Boy. Broadsword calling Danny Boy. Come in, Danny Boy. You're listening to Achtung Millwall. Here we are, listeners. Second half is pulsating contest about to begin. Contain yourselves. Away we go. New attack in the cold blow lane end. Second half. Anjali Martin down the left-hand side. She's got a step-overs. Cross come, not quite shot, not quite cross. Taken so neatly enough by the goalkeeper. Nice work, Chaplow there. Collects the midfield, plays it forward to... Fuller, who retains possession, he runs it wide, nice little run, clips it into the near post, it's gone behind for a corner, Millwall. Right to start by the lines in this second half, they're moving the ball a little bit more on the deck, passing it around, playing to our strengths. They're a bit more lively, a bit more dangerous, early corner then, second half, Chapo's going to take, does the old bouncing ball signal, whatever that means. Floats it across the penalty area, Shitu rising, pushing down on his man, it's gone wide to the post anyway. Coming up for 50th minute. Bradford free kick, punted long, trying to find number nine, who is, of course, the striker, James Hansen, reputedly of interest to Ian Holloway. Um, getting a better sight of him in the second half as he's attacking this, uh, the away end, near where I'm sat. He looks like a, a big lump. 
very much the kind of direct striker. Uh, Bradford here long at him and find him, and he's doing well to win it at the moment. Presumably that's the kind of role that Holloway will look for him to take on with us because it's not really uh, Ricardo Fuller's forte. Looks a touch heavy. Not that I'm the one to talk. Comes Julia Boo. McDonald wins a little bit of space. Jinking run down the centre. He tries to get a shot away. It rolls loose and wide right to Matthew Briggs on the far left side. It crosses in. Ups and heads over. Un unlucky. That's better Millwall. Better to see. Getting the crowd into it. Bradford back on his attack. Another long ball trying to find Hanson. Who was that American pop band of the 90s? Was that Hanson? And then called what? Mbop? Younger listeners would have to call in and tell me if I'm wrong. Mbop. 58 minutes. Coming for 59 minutes. Evenly balanced game. Um, we were looking much brighter so far in the second half. Bradford still look dangerous when the ball is pumped long and they get in amongst their defence. We don't look like they're very comfortable with that style of play. Mind you, I'm not sure what comfortable. What have, I'm not sure what style of play they are comfortable with. They all seem to have them in trouble. Donald Jinks around his man brilliantly. Plays it in central. Is Fuller. Shares goal to one. Brilliant turn by Scott McDonald. Cross round for the central. I thought he actually put in the goalkeeper. He's the coming off the goalkeeper. That's 2 1, Millwall. Nice move. 66 minutes gone. up singing 1-0 when you fucked it up it's a long, long way to go yet and 1-0 isn't exactly a decisive lead after all but anyway come Bradford on the, on the forward run now still not entirely out of this list there's the 9 hand suddenly shot his oh is it the crossbar it's got him in there fucking hell his bubbling shot hit the crossbar fell on the floor who put that in the net that was Sid Nelson unlucky on the kid 2-2 fuck me 69th minute of the game Comet cuts it was, a, it was a good shot from Hanson got to be said Full kind of parried it up high and it hit the crossbar and as it landed there was Sid Nelson in front of goal and it hit him and went in the net not much he could have done clearly but there we are two each this guy Hanson certainly caused Dunny a problem or two this afternoon just in sheer physical strength terms he's a, he's a unit that's got to be said and Dunn I think has, has found it hard work all afternoon is he a good buyer, listeners? This is the question. Just put a nice cross in there, just as I was considering that question, so possibly, yeah, he could be a good buyer if we can lay our hands on him. Bradford's still on the attack here. Knocking the ball around again nicely, 15 minutes on the clock. They're playing over on the right-hand side. Now the overlapping full-back puts it in. There's the 11, there's a goal. 3-2, fuck me. They move the ball around well. It's a neat cross in and tucked home from close. Is that they said in the week every game's a fucking adventure? It certainly is down here, listeners, I tell you that much. A right old adventure. Chapo leaving the pitch. A couple of boos, which is unfair on him today. He's not done badly today. Lugay Gouet's coming. Ten minutes on the clock. Dear, oh dear, what a miserable season this is, listeners, isn't it? Blind is getting freezing cold down here now. Damp, cold, grey. Got getting dark. Miserable football, miserable performances, miserable defending. Everything fucking miserable. <laughs> oh dear. There's Gray, plays a long ball, trying to find Fuller. He falls inside the box, Fuller can't quite win that. Here comes Gray down the right, does a nice little ball inside to Martin, who finds Fuller. It's a goal for each! Nice move! Run down and right finds Martin inside the block and plays a crossface. Follows, slots in neatly. Two goals now for Ricardo. He's on a hat trick, and there are seven minutes to go. What a fantastic season this has been, listeners. Where else would you rather be? And sat at a, a cold and damp Zambaro watching this drama. So, 3 0. Bradford will want to get back in front again. They're coming long and hard. It's cleared by the mill defence. Back to Bradford. They're still on the attack here. The 20 plays it wide. He's looked quite useful. Uh, 20, whoever he is. 
I'll have a look at the programme I bought especially to identify players. That's Philippe Murray. Philippe Murray, fuck me. He's never that good for us. It just shows you, isn't it? Maybe it's maybe it's the influence of the club. Maybe there's something. Maybe there's some kind of gypsy curse on the ground that makes you become leaden-footed and slow thinking, slow of movement when you enter the, the threshold of the den. We'll have to check that out. Bradford another cross that's going to go behind for a goal kick. Replay looms, which I'm not sure either team particularly want, but it does indeed loom. Five minutes overtime. Time for both teams to win it. Which is what they both want to do. Three was probably a, f a fair reflection of today's play, really. Um, both teams have had their chances to press on and win it. Neither, neither team has taken those chances. And um, both have looked dangerous on occasions. So uh, it's probably all going to be back to Valley Parade in 10 days' time. Bradford on the attack as the game comes to its last few seconds. Still on the attack. Moving the ball around well. It'll be the last cross into the penalty area. It's a nine. Taken on the line by David Fall. That was handsome head of the ball. There's the final whistle. That's the game, ladies and gentlemen. Millwall three. Bradford City three. Um, probably, as I said earlier on, a fair reflection of today's proceedings. Um, both sides will be disappointed themselves. They didn't press on and take control of the game. They had chances to. There we are. That's the game. We'll be back after these messages. Hopefully with Stuza. Okay, welcome back after the break and a big welcome to Stuza. Thanks for coming on the show, Stuza. Hello, mate. No worries at all. Are you are you warming up yet? I'm I'm still parts of my body are still frozen. I've got there. I'm still uh, indoors wearing a hoodie, a scarf, and a hat at the moment. But uh, yeah, I'm getting there. <laughs> it was fucking cold down there, wasn't it? It was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible, and yeah, I was wondering why I was doing it anyway. But then I got outside and saw the weather and won <laughs> twice as hard while I was doing it. But. It was a, it was a day for the hardest of hardcore. Um, I just want to mention Prince Busted, who I was due to meet at the ground today. And he did actually make it in the end, but he was stuck on the M11, and I think he made it with about five minutes to go in the game. So um, that's real dedication to actually turn up in the end, having been sat on the M11 for God knows how many hours to go through all that to get there. But what a game. I mean, it was, I don't know where to start with that game, Stoos. Um It should be entertaining. A three-all draw should be entertaining, shouldn't it? And I don't, I don't feel entertained by what we saw today. I was in the bog having a piss afterwards and I thought well I suppose it's money's worth isn't it if you uh, divide 15 quid by six goals then that's, that's really <laughs> as positive as I could get about it um, I don't know. maths equation there's a fantastic quote on the, on Hoff which I thought would kick us off and he's got uh, Bardwall a guy called Bardwall has posted that Holloway is the, the Euro Ferries of football management no plan no timetable no, no lifeboats <laughs> I thought it was quite an apt way to, to start us off because um, it was the most odd game. I, I thought we were going to be under the cosh after that first goal for the whole game. And we, we, we did, in fairness to the team, we, we conceded early. Um, pretty basic goal to give away. Um, we did claw our way back into it. And, uh, you know, it's it's easy to focus on the negative, but that that was something at least, wasn't it? We did, we did claw our way back into a game that could easily have gone away from us there. Yeah, I think certainly in the first half, kind of the uh, after we'd gone behind, we did start to play a bit more. I I was really worried for the first, I don't know, 
25 minutes, I think it was. Yeah. Bradford looked good. And uh, I kind of forgot it was a cup game for a bit. It, it felt like a league game because we yeah. were getting pretty much outplayed. Um, yeah, yeah. And I kind of forgot that they were from a division below. But yeah, after that, after the first 25, I think we started to turn it on again and we did uh, look a bit more dangerous. So Yeah, I mean, McDonald equalised on the 36th minute. Um, and from there onwards, we, we kind of closed out the first half looking more brighter. But but you're right. I mean, I, I was sitting there at one point um, thinking to myself, this not a bad performance. We're not that far off the pace here. You know, we're only a goal behind and we're, we're looking a little bit more coherent as the, as the game was going on. But then it dawned on me, this is a League One side that we're playing. A, a decent League One side. I mean, they've, they've had a run of form of late, but nevertheless, they're from the league below us and we ought to be dominating them, not the you know, kind of hanging on for for grim death uh, situation that we seem to put ourselves into. Well, my old man on the way to the game was saying our Holloway's pre-match comments, I didn't read them. Um, well, I, I, I try and steer clear of reading anything <laughs> more than I necessarily have to that comes out of Holloway's mouth at the moment. But uh, he, my dad was saying that uh, it already kind of sounded like he resigned himself with the game by talking about how good a run Bradford were on and how we hadn't won in so long. But but yeah, they did look like a team. They could play football. Yeah, um, they they were well organised. That's that's the other thing. My dad said during the game, really well organised, uh, always in position, um, and seemed to know where the movement was off the ball as well by See, their teammates. And this is the thing: I mean, the, the style of football that they were playing, which was um, and I've written down here, quick, fast, direct. Uh, they moved the ball quite well, I thought. They, they, uh, Philip Murray I, was a man transformed. I, I, I said during my match um, comment earlier on, I actually forgot their number twenty was Philip Murray because he was a he was a nothing player for us, and I thought he looked quite quick, mobile, and dangerous for them today. And they, they had to uh, live that long in Scotland. You fucking do anything to, <laughs> to get away. <laughs> <laughs> stay in England the second time round. <laughs> and I mean, the striker um, Glenn, was it Glenn Hanson, James Hanson. Um, well, I, th- I thought looked he looked okay. He, he was strong. That that much was for sure. Um, without being particularly mobile or quick, but he, he caused us quite a few problems in defence. I felt. Well, I think they had the the good the combo up top that you want as well. The tall, yeah. like it, Hanson was one that I think in your pre match. Uh, pre-podcast uh, email you send through to me, you mentioned yeah. that there have been rumours about us being interested in him. So Apparently, yeah. I mean, I think we're interested in anyone, to be honest with you. I mean, um, Holloway's um, said here that he's got some serious work to do in this transfer window. And at the moment, we're spinning a few plates. So I've got this image of a 1970s variety act now. So they used to have, this used to be featured on my youthful entertainment stews, where they would spin loads of paint plates on TV. And I've got this image of him doing that. And apparently Hanson is one of the plates that he's trying to spin. I don't know how much truth is in this. I mean, if, if it's true, then he looked like a fairly decent player. Um, well, yeah. Like, like I say, I think the thing with them was he was the functional target man. Um, when I looked up his stats, I was like, not that impressed. But then seeing him play today, you get an idea of what is there to do. it, And he was the... Uh, they had the big man, small man, didn't they? I think Knott yeah. was a forward for them. And, and he was a bit more pacey, uh, like a lot smaller stature, but pacey and could obviously finish because he got two of their goals as well. Um, so uh, they had the kind of setup you look for, big man, small man, one just winning the headers and uh, kind of playing the battering ram roll and the other one getting the goals. So that's what we want him for. If, if the rumours are true, then maybe he could work working alongside Gregory or something like that. I think the other thing I read about him was that when Naki Wells was at Bradford, he was the one who was laying on a lot of uh, the goals for Wells as well, who obviously went on to uh, get a big move to Huddersfield, if you can call Huddersfield a big move. but <laughs> I suppose if you're coming out of uh, Bradford, then Huddersfield out does represent the, the glittering bright lights of Vegas just down the road. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I can see how Hanson would fit into um, what we are trying to do. I mean, the way um, that Bradford played today was kind of what I imagined Ian Holloway one year ago was going to move us towards, and that was mobility being the, the key, the speed of passing movement, and yeah, a little bit of physical power where it is needed. Um, and we've, you know, he, he's he's palpably failed to deliver on that. And we're now watching other teams coming down to do to us what I kind of imagine that we would be by now doing to them. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that's what we expected when Holloway talked about us playing football. Um, our version of that at the moment seems to be 
playing, trying to play football in uh, the situations we absolutely don't want to be doing it. So yeah. I think the one thing that stood out for me today again was a couple of free kicks we had where it was crying out to just be lumped into the box. It was that kind of position. And instead we'd play the short ball and try tapping it around and yeah. setting something elaborate up. And we just are not in that uh, position at the moment. We ain't in that place where we can try that kind of thing and it'll come off. And it goes to the heart of the whole Holloway question, really. I mean, I, I get that a, a large chunk of the squad at the moment What's isn't... The, is the Holloway question, why does he breathe? Or... <laughs> <laughs> I think if you get the Holloway answer, then you have to be killed because you don't know what the question was in the first. I don't know. If, um, I don't know where I'm going with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's the, the, the point being that you know what's what where we are now is 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 the kind of mess that you know you you would be expect he would have expected to have come into to start sorting out. But we are a, a year under his management. We we don't seem to be making any progress towards. Um, the style of play which we kind of saw from Bradford today, which is you know the the the, the pace based uh, game that we we kind of hope that we get from him, and now we we seem to be making this January transfer window is it a kind of a crisis make or break four weeks when we're going to sign players that are going to hopefully gel immediately and and start to move us you know towards salvation. Um, I'm really not sure what I make of the the whole the whole year. It's it's, it's almost like a surreal dream in some respects, isn't it? One year of mismanagement, shall we call it that then? That's the Holloway question. We've had one year of mismanagement because where we are now is a mess and, you know, the, the mess that he inherited wasn't an awful lot different to this one that he's created. And um, that's quite an indictment of him in many respects. Yeah, I think that's the thing. We all would have thought he would have moved us forward. And I think it, that, there's a lot of uh, reminders coming up this year. So Boxing Day, I remember yeah. last Boxing Day speaking to I didn't go last year to Watford but um, my mate was there and he reported back on how bad it was I think we lost 5-0 didn't we to Watford we did yeah when went and I was with my family boxing day saying the same about Norwich um, we could get thumped there and maybe it'll be good night Holloway kind of thing yeah today my brother and my nephew were talking about uh, FA Cup third round against South Ends when the weather was the same <laughs> We lost there and it, it was a terrible day, blah, blah, blah. And it seemed like we could be heading for the same again today. But yeah, there are some real deja vu moments this year where you just think, what have we actually done in terms of moving on? I mean, there was 5,500 in there today, which actually surprised me as a crowd figure because I sat, you know, I was over in the uh, the West Upper <clears throat> and I thought it was looking low. I mean, I, I was thinking of, you know, 3,000, 4,000-ish at one point. Um, so fair play to everyone that did turn out today, but, um, you know, it has been a relentless few years now of being pounded with utter crap. And, you know, I think we're starting to see people just fall, almost have a sense of resignation about what's going on around them. Yeah. And that, maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's, it's going to see them through the players, the, the fans, everyone. I think you're um, right. I've got a quote here on, on House of Fun from Denzel. I mean, he's criticising today's performance. He says that we are so narrow with no protection for the fullbacks. We give the ball away in silly areas. Our organisation at set pieces, defending set pieces, this, I think it means is all over the shop. And we appear to mark space rather than players. And our keeper is all over the shop. Now, it's interesting, he refers there to Forbes. I thought Ford had a fairly flaky day today again. And he seems to be making a little bit of a, a habit of having flaky days, doesn't he? I thought Ford was atrocious again today. Um, again, he, he dropped the ball a couple of times. It's, it's not commanding at all. No. Not commanding his area at all. And it, it's one of those where you, you just don't have the confidence whenever he comes for the ball, even when they leave it for him to kick. I'd, I'd worry about it now. But um, the second goal was the one for me that I, I, I saw it, but it was one of those where you keep trying to play it back. And it, it won't make sense until I see it on telly, I don't think. But... To me, it looked like he went down way too easily. I know the ball took a deflection, but yeah. he seemed to be on the ground before the ball had even taken a deflection, leaving uh, Sid Nelson to unfortunately just tap it in. But I couldn't understand how Ford had got beaten from there because he looked like he was comfortable that he was going to sail over or something like that. But Yeah, I mean, once upon a time, those were the kinds of shots that he would have dealt with. I mean, he, he flapped at a couple of crosses, and I, I think, don't, I can't can't remember enough of the first goal to, I could be, you know, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I'm, I'm sure that was a flapping about and cross, and then the ball fell to their, their striker inside the six-yard box who poked it home. You're right with the second goal. I mean, that, that was a long-range effort, but not 
you know, it wasn't wasn't one of the most powerful shots you'll ever see. And that, uh, I think it hit the crossbar and then fell on Sid Nelson, didn't it? And it kind of went into the net. But okay, we... I see it hit the crossbar, but you're right about the first one as well. The first one was when he was challenged by the big number nine who we were talking about. Hanson, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There wasn't much in it, and he, he probably should have been at the ball before the player even got there. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think the whole defence had a bit of a mirror. I, I, I don't think that the uh, Sid Nelson, he's a young kid, and he was up against a strong forward line today, and I thought that the, the you know, nine Hanson, we keep talking about him, that was like men against boys at times. I mean, Dunn and, and Shitu would always be exposed for pace, but... I just felt that Sid was a little bit... I think that was like a welcome to professional football moment for him today. He really was up against a strong player, a physically strong player. And I just felt he, he's got a few more years of work in the gym to to be able to match that. You know, I just felt he struggled a little bit today. Yeah, well, he, he is still young and that's what I thought as well. I've just seen a thread on House of Fun saying Nelson, Nelson should play every game and be made captain. And I'm not slating him, but... no. I didn't think today was the strongest game, but then I went on to read the thread and it says simply because he wears black boots. So uh, that's the Millwall we know and love. <laughs> he's Millwall through and through. I mean, he is. I mean, joking aside, he's, he's a Millwall boy and he wears black boots and that's that's all we, we, we love him already. But, um, you know, I just thought he looked a bit of a callow youth up against a bloke that um, took no prisoners today and um, he, he yeah. came out on the losing side, you know. I think Jonathan Stead was giving him some in the first half as well and pushing him about a bit when the ball was running out of play and stuff. And Yeah, I think there's a, still a bit to learn there. I still think he's uh, better than some of the other players we've got at the moment. But yeah, again, you've still got to ask questions of any defenders when you concede three goals in the, in the circumstances we did. I thought uh, Briggs played better. I mean, uh, he's been taking a lot of criticism of late Matthew Briggs. And I... I, I, I kind of want him to succeed. Um, you know, obviously Malone is is, is now the uh, destined for Cardiff, so Briggs will now be the first choice left back. And I thought he did better today than I've seen of him. You know, of late, he seemed to have recovered some confidence at least. And I thought he got well, got got forward well today. Yeah, I don't. I, from what I've seen of Briggs, I've probably been to a few away games this season, and I would have liked. But from what I've seen of Briggs, I don't think he's that much worse than Malone to be honest no um, no no so not defensively so uh yeah we'll see how he goes I think he might be the kind of player who improves with time in the team he's not really been consistent in terms of getting games so we'll have to see he's, he's all we've got now really let's be honest until at the moment yeah I mean there's a low knee or something but and this is one of the plates that Holloway's spinning somewhere as a left back which we we have to hope because he is the last um, you know, uh, over left back that we have. As I said, I just felt he did better today than he has. You know, he's been given an awful lot of credit of late for anything, and he's, he certainly had uh, a few mares. But today he did well. Same also for for Chaplow. I thought Chaplow didn't do too badly today as well. Um, and they again embarrassed himself with some silly tweets on Boxing Day, but actually came in and did a an okay job. I felt today. Well, yeah, I think uh, tactically he was quite good. So he, he knew where. His teammates were so he's probably played quite a bit of risk over the Christmas period. Um, <laughs> seemed to stay away from the danger areas and the, the areas that could cost us. So that's probably monopoly coming in. Probably where he, but yeah, he, he rolled the dice, didn't he? he right, so. Oh, you're on form tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of time thinking about that. Though, I can really understand why he got as much abuse as he did for for his tweets. They were silly. He is a professional and. He shouldn't really be like people are going to see that's taking the piss. But uh, yeah, I didn't. At least he wasn't kind of reveling in our demise and stuff like that. I thought some people took it the wrong way, but at the same time, you've got to understand the position you're in and you're in the spotlight. So yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a dangerous combination. Footballers and Twitter are very, very you know, it's a toxic mix at the best time. We had the Blackpool kid who's been posting, you know, pictures of himself how they're going to lose, and I just think that the, it's it's such a dangerous medium for for, for players who often aren't particularly, um, you know, know emotionally intelligent is, is probably one way to put it and um, no you're right I, I think he, he copped a lot of abuse mostly because we got stuff 6-1 and the, a scapegoat was required and there he was playing Monopoly you know yeah but another Monopoly uh, kind of uh, <laughs> metaphor if you like for Chapler at the moment and that's uh, uh, old Kent Road is normally you don't <laughs> mind landing on it do you and, and that's really how it is at the moment 
that's how Mill were playing. You don't mind coming down the old Kent Road because you pay the 12 quid and that's it. You walk that's off. Right. Free. We need to get it back to what it was, which is when it had loads of hotels built on it. And you think, oh, old Kent Road, anyone can go there and get a result. And then you land on it and you're a couple of grand in the hole all of a sudden. Terrible <laughs> metaphor, terrible <laughs> analogy to draw. But um, that bad, this guess. is why you tune into this show, listeners, for the Monopoly, the Monopoly talk. I always thought it should be like going to jail. Coming down the middle should be like going into jail. And then have Somebody Monopoly. actually shouted that to Chaplow when he was taking a corner. Here's <laughs> out of jail free card. He's got a season of it now. That's the problem. He's got six months of the uh, all game related jokes. Probably as bad as the ones I'm making. <laughs> Upson, I felt did okay. Um, Lee Martin, I, I, I kind of I gave him six and a half out of ten on my little list that I put together. Here. I felt he did okay as well. Um, McDonald is was Scott McDonald. He's, he always seems to deliver the same stuff each game, doesn't he? He's never brilliant, but he's never awful. Um, I thought McDonald was good today. I thought he was at the heart of most of the stuff we did going forward. Uh, yeah, he he looked lively and he seemed to be really putting in the effort. So. Didn't really have a problem with McDonald today. Martin was in and out, but I think he had a hand in two of the goals, so can't really fault him. Upson, I, I still like Upson. Um, but yeah, I like Upson. And I actually looked in the programme on the way home to see if it bore out my uh, theory. And I think in eight games he started this season, five yeah. times he's been subbed. Um, and I remember that from last season as well. Whenever he starts, he seemed to be one of the first to get subbed off. So yeah, if he's... Uh, yeah, yeah, done something to Holloway, or if Holloway just doesn't think he fits the way he's trying to play. But possibly, I mean, it's not like Ian Holloway to be anything other than level-headed, stable, and you know, clear thinking, <laughs> is it? So, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> we'll come on to that, won't we? Shortly, um, we'll come on to that. Um, Fuller, I felt Fuller did. I mean, he had a hard um, task today. He was a sole um, striker up against a, a fairly um, well-ordered defence, and he got two goals. I've made him my man at a match for today, and um, it was just interesting watching the game and seeing what um, you know uh, Hanson was doing with with Bradford and the way they were using him as a kind of a long ball target man, and how we use Fuller. And it's not. I don't really think it's Fuller's forte to be. The, the Paul Moody of the side having the ball pumped at him. I think he's actually quite a skillful player. And when he gets opportunities to work space, he does it quite well. So, yeah. if, you know, if we do sign somebody like um, their number nine, then you, you could just see more. It's a more natural fit than what we're trying to use Ricardo Fuller for at the moment. Yeah, and I think there was flashes of that. I think Fuller went on one run in the first half where he uh, jinked past a couple of players. And like you say, you've got, you got a sense of how good he is with his feet. Um, I think he did well for the... Um, yeah. Uh, I think who it was now, but it, somebody played it in from our left-hand side. Yeah. And it looked like the ball got a bit too far and Fuller just kind of uh, diverted his run enough to get get onto it and make the finish look quite easy in the end. But he did well with his run to... Uh, to get there, that showed a bit of the experience he's got. I think. Oh, he's a quality turn. I mean, you know, he's clearly at the back end of his career now, so he physically can't do the uh, the forty six game program. But when he's used wisely and sparingly, I, I think he just brings a, a touch of quality to a side that desperately needs it. Um, but it will be interesting to see who you know who we can bring in to take on the the kind of um, the water carrying role that uh, we we ask of him so much. Mm. Um, Tommy Blackmore on Twitter says that Holloway makes no sense. He says he wants pace out wide, and yet he sends Fred out on loan to Wickham Wanderers. Apparently, scored today, incidentally, Stu's. And then he plays Marquis out wide against Norwich in a one-off. He's a madman, says Tommy. Um, I, I kind of get what he's what he's what he's saying. We, we we didn't look like we had much in the way of width today at all. Um, when the game stretched a little bit, I think Maguire Gray came on almost as a a wider player than you know we started with. We 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 did start to create more and more chances. So again, it's going to be interesting to see how Paris Cowan Hall shapes up once we actually get to to see him. He's cup tied today, um, but it could be it could that could be a major you know major signing for us. Yeah, and I think that's Holloway's putting a lot of his hopes on him by the looks of it. The fact he had a like he had a prominent place in the program today and stuff like that. Big picture of him in the manager's notes. So I think Holloway's putting a lot of a uh, lot of truck in. Cow, uh, Paris Cowan Hall too. Yeah. It does make you wonder why Gray isn't playing more games because he seems to be, like you say, the kind of fit that yeah. the kind of player that Holloway wanted to, to fit the style of play. Um, Holloway speaking to the official site after the game said that we can't let in the first goal like we did, but the lads didn't fold and we came back into things. Yeah, definitely a bit more gumption there. I don't think we... Uh, 
the thing that I noticed when uh, we went 2-2 with them, mm. they come straight back at us um, and were trying to go for it again. Now, I know they're a smaller team. They're away from home. It's a cup game. So maybe they feel a bit more like they've got license to do that and not worry about it too much. But I, I was kind of thinking, why ain't we doing that more as well? Even when we went 3-2 down, we didn't come straight back at them. We played... No. We, I guess you could say we played a bit more patiently and stuff like that, but I didn't really think it was the time. I, I don't think we're very ruthless as a team. I think we need to be a bit, well, a kind of team that goes to the jugular a bit more. And yeah, yeah, no, I, I make you right. We, we, what struck me today was that you know Bradford went a goal up early and then kind of forgot that they were the. Uh, it was almost like they came to the game believing that they were on the, on a par with this championship side. Then they kind of remembered they were a League One side, and we clawed our way back into it. And then we went ahead, and and at that moment, it suddenly occurred to them they were doing quite well early on in the game, and could almost repeat that again. And, that, and so they did. They they did. I thought there was a you know if I was a Blackburn a, a Bradford fan, I would be very pleased with that performance today. They showed a lot of a lot of fighting spirit. I mean, Holloway's praised our commitment and desire, and I'm not sure that that's strictly. Um, word, they're not words I would have taken away from today's game. Commitment and desire. I thought we. We scraped our way through it, really, in the end. Uh, I'm lucky to get a draw. Yeah, I don't know if I'm... I sometimes feel like I'm becoming the most negative Millwall supporter in the world, and that's quite a fucking <laughs> achievement, isn't it, if you can manage that one? But um, I, I wasn't impressed today. I, I, we've not really said about what it was like overall. We've spoken about how we'd come back into it. I yeah. thought it was awful today. I thought it was really, really bad. And like I said, yes, we improved in the second part of the first half, but... I don't think we should have been under that much pressure from a team that was one division below us. And the other thing that I said about Holloway was he's made a big thing about playing kids in this game. We didn't really see any. That was pretty no, much we didn't. he had out there. And he's made a bit of a rod for his own back because his first team have gone out there and not got a result against a, a League One team. No, and, and struggled this, and struggled in last chunks of that game as well. Struggled and looked like we were second best in many areas of the of the play. So um, I I don't think he did himself any favours today by doing that. And he could have actually affected uh, the confidence of some of those players even more, which is not what we need at the moment. One, one last tweet from Holloway again via the official Mill account. Um, he says, there are certain things we're getting wrong. And Craig Griffiths, who comes on the show, um, has re- responded, unfortunately, those things are attack, defence and midfield. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Um, yeah, very succinct. Very succinct. Now, there's a strange incident at the end of the game. I, I didn't see this, so I have no knowledge of this whatsoever. Um, I'm going purely on the internet reports of a of a scuffle, um, alleged scuffle. I don't know if it was a scuffle between Holloway and a fan who was apparently giving him an earful of abuse um, in the West Lower. Um, Alex Aldridge says that a fan was giving him an earful, um, but then went to shake his hand at full time. Um, Now, I don't know. I mean, reacting to fans, I suppose it's going to be hard for Holloway. I mean, you know, he's going to be hearing all sorts of stuff down there, but to become embroiled in any kind of, um, you know, any reaction with a fan is probably a bad move on his part, isn't it? Yeah, I think the fan is actually on House of Fun now and has kind of backed that up that it was just uh, a bit of verbal and then they shook hands afterwards. To be honest, I, I saw the, the afters and I, I think the commotion was because as soon as the manager goes anywhere near the fans, all the stewards rush in and people mm. think something going off. But uh, yeah, it, it appears to be something made of nothing. Okay. Um, and certainly no punches thrown like, like was alleged on. Uh, house of fun, but that's the wonder of the internet. That's but the wonder of Mil- the Millwall internet as well, Stu. Only at Millwall does a, you know. <laughs> but Holloway's not going to do himself any favours in in even doing that. I I just think that uh, yeah, it, it's not a good look, is it? And no, the more he goes and interacts, apparently, like he's admitted to uh, putting his fingers up to his lips and shushing people, and he's, again, he's not in a position to do that. No, um, and I think he should maybe come out and be more honest about uh, what's going on. And, and I don't, the one thing I've never been to is a fans forum, but I'd love to attend a fans forum right now and uh, actually listen to him answer some questions direct um, and, and see what people make of the responses. But uh, I don't know if they've got one planned. I don't think they have one planned, mate. No, they normally have those in the heat of August before there's been any action. Um, but you're right. It would be interesting to you know to put some of these points to him because I mean there are so many questions about 
his decisions. You know, Fred today has, has scored at, at Wickham. Now, I I don't think Fred is yet the um you know the kind of finished article, but he does have um, a touch of quality about him, and we don't have a touch of quality about our team. So why is he scoring goals with Wickham on a day where? He could at least have been sat on the bench to have maybe seen some action the last 10, like Maguire Gray did and Martin Mulford did today. Um, many, many questions, aren't there? And, you know, the, the, the rationality of some of the decisions, the bringing back of John Marquis. I'd, I'd love to know what what was that all about, Ian? You know, why, why did you do that? Because that's, that wasn't fair on John Marquis, who's done nothing wrong, but then gets plunged into a one-off game, you know, a, a league-leading side set up to fail pretty much and is now gone. We don't see or hear of John Marquis anymore. These these are the irrationalities of, of me and Holloway. Yeah, and that's something I think we've commented on before. People coming in having a even when they've had a really good game and have been bombed out the next game. So um yeah, it seems to be a strange quirk of, of his management. But um I'm not going to complain about Fred because I had a fivefold accumulator today and Fred's goal won me under an eighty five So, so mercenary. So mercenary. <laughs> you changed our result any. So here's the truth. You're sitting at the damp cold day and actually counting your pound notes. <laughs> not caring. <laughs> I got in trouble the other day for uh, betting against Millwall, can't you? <laughs> That makes you not a real Millwall fan. And, uh, <laughs> one of our people who said I wasn't real Millwall were there today, but uh, I think I'm not one for one-upmanship. So. I think it's becoming the baseline bet to bet against Millwall at the moment. But um, it used to be. I always used to say if you bet against Millwall, they do the exact opposite to what you've bet on them to do. So I never bet on Millwall, but I, at the moment they really do deliver exactly what they you bet on them to do. It's becoming that predictable. Big yeah. January coming up here, Stu's. I mean, Holloway's saying that players will leave during the January window. We've seen the end of. Um, of Josh Wright, contract terminated, um, and also it seems Scott Malone's on his way to, to Cardiff. I don't think the deal has bit yet been done, but personal terms are being sorted out. So going to be quite a bit of movement, it seems, in January, which has to be a good thing, doesn't it? I mean, the squad, as, as we have at the moment, has failed us. Yeah, absolutely. There's got to be movement. And like you said earlier, I think it's strange that we're doing this in January, um, but, but maybe he needed to see what the squad were going to it be like the squad that he'd kind of inherited last season, what they were going to do with uh, yeah. their belts and stuff. But um, Malone, to me, won't be a loss the way he's been playing. Um, and there's been a rumour on House of Fun tonight that his brother's gone on Facebook or something and said that Malone wanted to stay but uh, was seeking a three-year deal and uh, Mill told him no deals were available, which seems a quite a lot of bollocks because other players <laughs> it was in the interim so um but i i really desperately wanted to like malone when he first came and again one of those who's got talent but just seems to uh only have talent when he's uh when he's got interest in him in it himself if that makes any sense probably doesn't but yeah. <laughs> it's i mean it's interesting it seems the family malone generally on on twitter defending scott's um, position i mean a, a lovely piece here which I'm, i have to read out i can't not read this out from Gunner Brian Gambrill. Um, this is allegedly, and I, I, I think a huge put a huge amount of salt over this this statement. But this is Malone's sister. Um, this is for all the fans who, who who believe that he wanted to stay. Here are the facts. Um, Scott was apparently peaked because he was told that somebody with such a cuntish haircut should never pull on a Millwall shirt. <laughs> <laughs> And also, Mill couldn't afford to keep him, was have to let the cleaners go. <laughs> I don't know why this is amusing me. It just did. <laughs> I'm in a mood to be amused about something, and the idea that someone's told him he had to leave gone the strength for that silly haircut just amused me. That's probably me. Uh, closer to the truth than <laughs> the one that's reported to actually be real. So, uh, we saw a steward that looked a lot like Paris Cow and Hall today as well. So, we were wondering if uh, part of Holloway's uh, put to early use. Uh, yeah, yeah, like get, get your money's worth out of them just in case they are shit at football. But. Oh dear, first of many signings, Paris Cowan Hall. Um, Rumours also of James Hansen, who we saw today at Bradford, I thought would be a good choice. Rudy Austin, I don't know him, but apparently he's described as a bruiser on, on the news at Den. And Shane Ferguson, I don't know, of Newcastle. These are all rumours that these will be the plates that are spinning at the moment. So, uh, And also um, Harding, um, Dan Harding of Nottingham Forest. I think he's another left-back, so he's looking like he's going to be cover for Malone and, and, and clearly uh, Briggs being a, you know, a flaky choice at the best of times. So it does seem that we're going to have a month of change ahead of us, which is no bad thing. Um, 
What do you think of Josh Wright going, Stoos? Um, I, I never really shared in the, the hate for, for Josh. I didn't think he was that bad a player on on occasions. No, he seemed limited. And, uh, I, yeah, limited is, is probably hard to sum him up. Yeah. I didn't think there was anything terrible about him. I think we've seen worse in the time he's been here. I think we've seen worse players than a Millwall shirt. So um, I think he got a lot of unfair abuse. And he could he could pass a ball. Um, he could, yeah. A commodity in a Millwall player at the moment. So. Scored a fantastic um, goal at Burnley a couple of years ago as well. There was a volley from outside the box, I remember. Yeah, he was also the one who led to Michelle Keegan coming down the den. So uh, Did he? I didn't know that. That bit of reality TV there. <laughs> Well, it was. I think just going back to the reason for his abuse. I think it was his Essex-based lifestyle, wasn't it? And um, you know, he he did favour the fake tan. He did like a drop of the old blonde highlight. Um, whatever you put on your hair, lemon juices that Jason Donovan used to use, and white teeth and all that kind of thing. I don't think that helped his cause. But I think it was fundamentally it was a West Ham kind of thing, and I don't think that that helped his cause. But I thought he was a decent enough player on his day. Yeah, and again, he never got a run, did he? He was one of those who was in and out. He was never going to be a favourite. I don't know. So I sometimes thought that uh, maybe League One was was more his level. Yeah, um, you could see him actually being a decent uh, shining in League One. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Giant striker Stefan Meyerhofer wants to make a Millwall return. It says on the news at Den. I don't know if this is a serious story or whether he is one of the plates that are spinning in in January. Would you take the Hoff back? Stoos, would you have him back? Uh, this is probably one of the more concerning stories for me. I, I, <laughs> I don't know if it's more of a personal thing. My uh, ex-girlfriend, who was coming uh, to a few games at the end of last season, mm. hated him and said he was never a footballer. And I think, to be honest, it's the one thing during our relationship that she got right. Um, <laughs> I didn't, didn't rate him at all. And I didn't like the way he left thinking he was Bertie Big Bollocks and could go up to the Premiership, I believe, is what he said. I, I believe so, that was his dream. As to, well, I, I think he expected to have contracts you know, to choose from in the Premier League. And, of course, that never happened. He's now playing for sporting club Wiener Neustadt back in Austria. Yeah, and... Uh, I think that's where he should stay, to be honest. Um, I, I, a lot of people said that he ch- turned us around last season and a lot of the reason for us avoiding relegation was was him. Um, but I'd probably say that it wasn't necessarily him. It was playing a, the big man, small man uh, up front. Combo, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's all we need. We need to find a, another replacement. And I'd rather it wasn't Meyerhofer, even if we are only spending money on his wages. I'd rather we went and found somebody else like Hanson at Bradford who could play that role. Well, I'd be a lot happier with Hanson out there, that's for sure. I mean, you know, he he, he didn't look... He wasn't brilliant, but he looked like he knew what he was doing. And, and Meyerhofer always just... His basic talent was being tall, wasn't it? That that, that was yeah. it. Meyerhofer, stay where you are in that case. That's that's the uh, the collective agreed decision here. Um, Sean Williams is out for four games with the, uh, the sending off from the other day. Um, quite a loss, actually. I, I felt that... Um, at his best, he's a, he's, a, he's a brilliant pass to the ball and um, very calm on the ball, but he, he just lost the plot slightly in that last game, which is unusual. I've not seen that from him previously. Yeah, I'd, he, he is a loss. He's not been playing his best recently, but still, he's, he's probably one of our best players regardless. Um, yeah. To be honest, I was more surprised. Uh, this is a bit of a strange one for me because uh, the move that the other guy pulled on him that sent, led to him getting sent off, I was actually looking at it and thinking that's illegal in mixed martial arts. You cannot do that to people in mixed, mixed martial arts um, because there's a danger you can break their neck. Okay. So in football, it gets you a yellow card, but you're not allowed to do it in a cage fighting, which is interesting. Go figure. Yeah, I don't mm. think William should have reacted the way he did. I still couldn't really see what he did. I think he stamped on the guy's foot, but... Um, I think four four matches seems harsh, but I think we've been sent off. He got sent off earlier in the season. I see second red. I mean, I I I posted on Twitter afterwards. I mean, you know, you know, no one can endorse you know raising your hands on the football field and all that kind of stuff. But I think the red card kind of came as a consequence of giving a shit. And um, you know, you can't really knock a player for for caring. And I think you know, obviously, it took it too far. But that's that's. It showed some, some, you know, some, some, uh, some vim there, you know, and I thought that was unfortunate. Four matches does seem a long, a long suspension, that's for sure. Lee Martin says that Mill players can't be scared of criticism. Speaking to Alex in the week, and I, that we need to man up and go again. And I, I make him right. I mean, that you know, it must be a difficult, um, it must be a difficult place to fail at Mill. I mean, you do have the crowd on your on your back. 
um, and they're very close to the action, and you're going to hear a lot of stuff as as Holloway would have heard today. Um, Mike, I might yeah. cut, might cut that bit. That's a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of something else I can say that's interesting about that, but I think I'm reaching the end of the line. Here. I was just have a go at Martin and say, well, he. He needs to uh, accept the criticism. <laughs> <laughs> I might leave it in. I don't know. <laughs> Let's close out. We're going to wake up with Kelly Maloney. You know, again, I was going to write all sorts of witty gags about um, freezing my nuts off and uh, making jokes about Kelly, but I'm not sure I can truly bring myself to do that. It's actually, it's actually quite, um, it's quite a brave decision by Mill to. They've got a, a Mill Business Network event at the Den on on February the third. Uh, it's a morning breakfast thing. Fifteen pound, and and Kelly is uh, doing the kind of um, the, the 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 speech that um, that kind of is the glue of the event. Um, I don't know; it's it's quite a brave choice by the club. I mean, it would have been easy not to have chosen her, but they've 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 um, brought her in. And um, fair play to Mill Business Networking for for doing so. Do you have any strong views on on this event at all, Stu's? No strong ones. I think again, it's a strange decision when when we're on our downers, so to speak. I think it's a strange decision to uh, uh, bring someone in like this. But at the same time, it's a Millwall connection. And who else are we going to get? I actually watched the uh, Sky Sports Ringsides um, mm. with Kelly Maloney. Yeah, and had her back on to talk about her history. And as a boxing fan, it's fascinating. Um, the person's no different. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's been through still the same business acumen they've got. So, um, yeah, if you look at it logically, and I know again that's not our fucking strong suit <laughs> half the time, but you look at it logically, it's a good choice, I'd say. But um, yeah, it, it was a bit. I think the flyer didn't help. It looked a bit uh, this morning with Richard and Judy, didn't it? But, uh... <laughs> I mean, I mean, this this is it. I mean, I suppose this is essentially the strangeness of the whole story. I mean, leaving us, everyone's got the right to lead their life and, and do what they do. But um, I, I think, unfortunately, because um, Frank Maloney was, um, he was a squat, short, Bermondsey boy, wasn't he? And, you know, he's of the boxing world. So, you know, ele- elegance was not the word you probably would have associated with him. But now to see him... You know, with a kind of a wig, there's a slightly um, pantomime dame kind of look about him, and I think that doesn't. I mean, that's often when you see Kelly now. Um, that's that's the first thought that crosses your mind. And um, but you're right, Mill connection, um, same person, successful person, um, interesting choice for the business network. So I just want to say, well done. Actually, I think you know it's easy to take the piss and it's easy to um, say all sorts of things in these situations, but well done. That's a brave choice. Yeah, and that's what I mean about being on our downers. I think we've referenced circuses and clowns a lot already during this podcast. And like you say, this is another kind of pantomime element. And it's just all all too much uh, in one go. I don't think people would have been so critical if we weren't going through what we are on the pitch. But, yeah. And I've also woken up with worse, Nick, I've got to say. <laughs> I think that's the show, Stu's. <laughs> Thanks a lot, mate. Appreciate that. No worries at all. Great stuff. Good talking to you. Um, you too. Take it easy. We'll speak soon again, mate. Many thanks. Right, mate. Cheers. Take, take care. Cheers, Stu's. Bye-bye. listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here.